Hello and welcome back to the third episode of the Homegrown Filmmaking Podcast. This week I sat down with Jesse Monday, fellow videographer and friend from high school, to talk about sound design and music in film. So here it is. Hi, I'm Jesse Monday. I'm a uh, videographer. I uh, have done probably a dozen music videos. About half of those are good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, only well, probably a third of those are good. And uh, done a lot of stupid shorts and uh, promo videos and all sorts of stuff. And so um, I have a videography business that uh, me and a couple friends kind of team up and run. And so it's a good time. And yeah, we have fun doing it. So. Further than I've got so far. <laughs> I have a I have a podcast. Oh, that's more than I have, so strengths and well, we, we each have our own things, I guess. <laughs> okay, so today today's episode is about sound design and music in film. We're just gonna talk about whatever we know about each of the subjects pretty much. And if you don't know what sound design in, in film is, it is basically half of all films because you have the visual side, which is Everything you see, all the special effects and whatnot, and then sound is sound. Usually, people forget about sound when they make movies. As, well, beginning people, not people professionally, because they know what they're doing. When you think about it, that's about half of a film. Because usually, as a person, when you're in the world, you sense things. You look around and you can hear things. And sound. <laughs> yeah, the th- interesting thing about is about sound design is the thing is that it's pretty much the opposite of cinematography and that you notice every single thing about the cinematography you uh people win gigantic awards for cinematography everybody praises them you know but sound design if it's done correctly you don't notice it at all yeah which is the good thing and yeah and yeah. so like the, the the sound design makes or breaks really a film and uh you notice when sound is bad yeah like even if someone has like good dialogue like good audio quality for Mm -hmm. like when someone talks like if there's just like no other sounds it sounds weird yeah it's strange okay let's let's just get into specific types of sound design i'm gonna start not in order of what i did on the outline but i'm gonna just start with production sound and on location sound because it's probably the most straightforward of all of them and it's kind of I mean, self-explanatory, it's sound you get on location when you're shooting something, which is usually dialogue, you can probably get some ambience of the location you're at, and you, there's not really much to it besides you just point microphones at things on yeah. location. Yeah, my on-location sound design is probably the, it's straightforward, but it is also like the trickiest of, yeah. because you got to... Um, you have to make sure you get it then, because you can't go back and get it really... I have a friend who's really good with sound and so he um he'll come he has he has like 50 mics and so I have one and so I'll always have him come on and help me with sound. He's he's pretty great. He's pretty good at it, but it's really like my last the last thing that I did was a promo video for um a nonprofit in uh my hometown and um he like had he kept getting like airplanes flying over and uh like there was some, there's like occasional like wind and he has like a really good windbreak wind muff on it. And it's still just like cut straight through. And, um, yeah, the, the worst part was trying like a lot of on location sound design involves 
um, editing and post editing out yes. a bunch of like trying to find the right frequencies to cut out the plane flying overhead and yeah. all a bunch of stuff like that. And so on location is, um, it's really straightforward. Point the mic at them, yeah. but then <laughs> you gotta, you can't really change. You can't control all the outside elements that yeah. make noise, which are a lot. If you ever just go somewhere and you just kind of listen to mm-hmm. every little thing that you can find, then you hear a lot of stuff. That's why that's another reason sound design's hard because people have selective hearing mm-hmm. and I mean when you're in one place and you're listening to a conversation you hear that conversation maybe like a couple things going on in the background and not all the other noises just happening in everyday life. Let's let's go to we'll go to ADR after location. Okay, so ADR is pretty much stuff that you record after the fact. It's in post production. Really the only thing production sound or i mean production sound is the only sound you really get during the actual production of something during the filming so after pretty much everything else is post-production adr is i forgot what adr stands for automatic something i know the first i know the a is automatic okay well we're one third of the way there there you go yeah um adr is pretty much you mess up on some dialogue so if you have a scene people are at a restaurant and they're having a dialogue, and someone either messes up the dialogue, or like the sound guy doesn't catch it right, or equipment fails, whatever happens. You have video of someone talking, but the sound is messed up or not there. So they pretty much just re-record them talking. They watch the video a few times, and then they say their line a couple times in different ways, and then someone just matches it up to the video to make it seem like they said it on location. And that's Yeah, ADR possible. is uh, difficult. Um, I've only done it once for a sketch that I don't even think came out and, uh, and, uh, it's, it's crazy difficult. I watched, um, because the only thing that you capture when usually when you're on site is the dialogue for, for a scene. And then every little, every other sound effect or every other thing that you hear all the music, if there's like, if like, you know, the scene takes place in like a club or something, mm-hmm. the actors are just yelling that on set. Just, like room tone. And <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. 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 Room tone is in Foley is probably the hardest which i mean we'll get to that but yeah but i watched a, i watched a video of uh hugh jackman doing adr for logan i saw that yeah yeah dude, i retweeted it I, he it's uh great. you have to have a really good actor to do really good adr because yeah. like I, I don't know if i if i could record adr the way that he was like oh he was like intense he was like yelling he was re- like literally running in place have so you, that his breath would have so, you seen that movie yet Logan, Logan? Oh, yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah, no, I, it was great. That's what made the clip so much better because yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. It was so freaking good. But he, uh, he's like literally running in place to get his, his like um, his breath going, and um, he's like acting out the scene again. Yeah, he's just like, running through the forest like killing dudes, yeah. left and right. And he just like I, I'm sure he's that's like the hundredth time he's watched the clip that he's supposed to be recording yeah. for. But man, it was. Uh, and it's funny because he does it and he's like super intense and he gets done and he just kind of stops and like smiles yeah. and like, that like, was fun. Man, like he, like, that's, that's the, you need a good actor like yeah. Hugh Jackman to do good ADR. So, so hired Hugh Jackman yeah, there you go. for all your roles. One of the first times I ever noticed ADR was actually uh, in, in The Force Awakens because there's a, there's a scene, there's one scene in the, in episode seven where um, you can actually tell that it was ADR <laughs> And Which it's one, and it's when, Tell us. um, it's when Ray and Finn are running away from, um, uh, they're running towards the ship that they're going to get on that eventually gets blown up and then they go over to the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. They're yeah. running away from that. 
and like the TIE fighter shooting behind them and there's explosions running mm-hmm. behind them. All the explosions on set are real. All the explosions you see in the scene are practical and real yeah. explosions. And so um, obviously they can't get dialogue when there's explosions going on behind them. And so it's all ADR and it's literally, I noticed it probably on my uh, 15th viewing of the movie. And so I, it took that long for me to notice, but I was like, oh, that, that scene is definitely ADR because they're like, you can tell like it's just a tiny like fraction of a second off with their, and like, the way you can just tell that they're recording it in a studio and they're yeah. not on set recording it because if they were, they'd be like, <laughs> like, like dying <laughs> yeah, from dying. running. Yeah. ADR is hard. I don't usually notice ADR. Usually I can notice fully after I've learned about it. Mm-hmm. You can look at things and you're like, yeah, that was, you can kind of tell that like if you separated the sound, it would sound weird on its own, but altogether it sounds normal. And I, I guess that's a segue to Foley. Yeah, so we're talking go. about that's Foley now. Perfect. Beautiful segue. <laughs> Beautiful. So Foley is close to ADR, except for it's pretty much everything that has to do with sound effects. Anything you see on screen that makes a noise in real life, someone recreates in a Foley lab. And I actually watched last night, or the day before, whenever, it's a 13-minute documentary called The Secret World of Foley, I think. And it's like 13 minutes long, and it's just these two people, well, three, I guess, because there's one, two people actually doing the sounds the Foley stuff, mm-hmm. they're Foley artists, and then there's one guy behind a mixing board doing all the levels and whatnot. And it was pretty much a short, it was in Great Britain, in England, so as out by the ocean, it's all like mm-hmm. kind of cool looking, and is a fisherman, and he's just doing his thing, and it just shows the people recording all the sounds for everything he does, yeah. like his boat scraping across the rocks and going in the water, and birds flapping, and mm-hmm. it's really interesting to see the different techniques they use to get certain sounds, because they're not sounds that you would think it would come out of like yeah. breaking celery for like breaking bones yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. like or stabbing a watermelon. The uh, yeah. Foley is actually it's something great. I have done, um, but mostly in capturing sounds on location, uh, like capturing room tone, which is incredibly important mm-hmm. and um, fulfilling the gaps between dialogue and stuff and um, like getting footsteps in grass and footsteps everywhere everywhere just any yeah. like any sub like surface anywhere in the video that yeah. someone's walking you need to go walk there and recapture the sound of mm-hmm. it and um or just have a really good sound guy who's dedicated to feet i guess yeah um but i don't know it's it's really hard to talk about foley and not it's really hard to talk about filmmaking in general and just not always come back to star wars because it's the <laughs> It's like there there are too many of them to not talk about. Them. I know, and and the and original one is like the A New Hope is like the I don't know the catalyst of modern filmmaking, and that it is it innovated everything. It is the hero's journey, like oh yeah, step to step. I was I mean structure structure yeah, structure story wise, structure wise, it is yeah. it is absolute perfection. Yeah, if you know the hero's journey, you can start, and you've never seen A New Hope, you can watch it and like just check off all the little mm-hmm. points. This is a little off topic, but with story structure in, in A New Hope. The, it's really interesting when you read uh, when you read the script, the original script for it, or the final draft, not the original one. The original script sucks. But if you once you read the final draft for it, the um, every fifteen minutes there's a there's a beat that changes the story, mm-hmm. and it keeps the viewer engaged. And it's really the most beautiful, pure story structure that I've ever seen in a in a movie. And that it is good that every fifteen minutes, like something changes that keeps the viewer enthralled yeah even if it's not like a someone dies like massive yeah it can just it can be small shit it's just like 15 minutes into the movie you're introduced to luke skywalker the protagonist and so which is one of the longest 
um, like introductions intros i've seen before they introduce a protagonist it's yeah. about 15 minutes a lot of yeah a lot of just movies are like here's an establishing shot here's your main character yeah. like we're in cool but anyway back to sound design but Holy. i can't ever not talk about star wars so I'd, <laughs> well they have good sound design because all incredible. the sounds they have is i mean like, ben burt is the sound designer for i believe every single one he might not have done rogue one and he might not have done episode seven but i think he did but um Ben Burt, I would say, is probably the father of modern sound design and that he's, um, man, he, he innovated so many things in that Lucas, George Lucas, wanted this, um, he wanted the world to sound organic, um, the universe, really, the whole, you know, the whole universe he yeah. was setting up. He wanted the whole thing to sound organic in a way that um, would remind people of the real world. So a lot of things that Ben Burt did was he would, like, get real world sounds and then just change them up a little bit or combine them with other sounds. And so your ear recognizes these sounds. Yeah, but they're in the a natural sound. The na- these natural sounds, but yeah. they're in a different environment. So it creates this really grounded way for viewers to see the to hear the universe. Um, see, that's interesting because I didn't yeah. know that. And yeah. that's that's why I brought you so you could teach me things. <laughs> yeah, and like he would use like he used like uh, a walrus for Chewbacca, but he like changed the changed have, the pitch and tones actually, yeah. and stuff like that. And like lightsabers are just a projector humming and a tv humming mm-hmm. and he just like combined them together and mixed them up a little bit and it's like sounds that you've heard a thousand times and yeah. that you know your brain knows that you don't even know you know but um so it really grounds you in this so, is that subconscious like recognition of you know it's not different like, sounds it's not yeah. like you know things like i love star trek but it's not like star trek where there's these like extraterrestrial sounds you know true yeah they so, have more more alien i guess sounds. Yeah. it's hard to understand how hard Foley is until you actually try to do it. Yeah. Because I had, I'm going to, I just reference back to class projects, but like two mm-hmm. years ago or a year and a half ago, I had just audio production class. It's pretty straightforward. Our teacher just explained what Foley was and we gave, he gave us three different commercials and we could pick one of the three and we had to just recreate the sounds for the whole commercial, like dialogue and everything. So I guess it's a little more than Foley. Mm-hmm. It's like Foley and ADR and it was hard. It was one was like an adoption commercial. That's what I did. So it was a good commercial, but doing the Foley was like, okay, I had these microphones at the time, so I could actually try to record my own yeah. stuff because we could just get on like audio blocks or find free mm-hmm. sound effects and do it. But I was like, I'm going to try to do my own. Mm-hmm. And I did it and I was like, this sounds awful. <laughs> like this is so fake sounding. It's not even funny. It sounded like me in a room, just like smashing a pan on a counter. And that's what it was. I think an example of a recent example of that I can think of, of like bad Foley um, I would like I, some people, I don't know, people would disagree with me, I think, but uh, uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Uh, when I went and watched that, it was one of the first times I've ever noticed bad Foley in a movie, um, especially like a blockbuster movie. I was I was too in-depth in like the story because I it, love Harry Potter so much. Yeah, I mean, it was it was an but okay I, movie. Yeah, I, I didn't was, even pay attention to like the production value. Yeah. I was just like, what's going to happen? I know. I, I was. It was okay. I mean, I liked it, but um, yeah, man. it was... I'm excited to see where they go with it and everything, but yeah, I noticed like especially. he like uh, Newt. He's walking around um, 1920s New York City, and there's like no sound on the street or okay, anything. Okay, yeah, true. That's... Literally, all you hear is his footsteps as he walks down the street. And so, like, I was like, I know that was added in. Like, I like I, this was on my second viewing in the theater. I was completely enthralled, and I was like, oh, this yeah, is great. I've only seen it once but in the theater, so I haven't. On my second viewing, when I like watched it at home, it was uh, I was like, why is he just there's no sound like he's just like walking down the street like in a massive city like 1920s new york city and like i don't know maybe they were going for like 
the more realistic version but in every movie you've ever seen it's like true it's like bustling buggies carry yeah even in the carriages. 20s it's like people just going, going down the street and he's just like walking there's like, like you know 20 other people on the street and there's no other noise besides his footsteps he did it and it's really weird and then like there there's a there's a scene in the movie where they're they go to the lady's apartment and they're like having dinner yeah and there's almost no sound in the entire scene and i, I was like i just don't understand where all the sounds they're, they're just casting muffled charms everywhere yeah i guess i guess that's what it was yeah and uh maybe that's what it was maybe that's that was probably the in universe yeah, he was he was trying yeah. to be like sneaky so he's like no one can see me just muffle everything muffle, yeah there yeah. you go <laughs> except for my footsteps you can hear those yeah i don't know it was really weird especially like in their apartment like they're in an apartment with like, like floating objects everywhere and stuff like, i remember well, that yeah. like on the fifth floor of like a you know a new york city apartment and there's like yeah. no noise from coming in from outside and like i don't know insulation wasn't that good in the 1920s so i know <laughs> very thin walls like yeah can't record a podcast in the 1920s <laughs> that's why we're in a garage yeah this is like the essence of of like do-it-yourself home yeah like making. one of the lights is off because it buzzes so we only have one light on dude yeah, this is like not even recording a podcast us. in a garage is like the very like the most purest form of oh yeah homemade filmmaking. You can't. So. There is there are no egos here. What's next? We'll just, we'll just go to ambience since we're talking about the ambience of our room. Yeah. Bam. We're just segues are Dude, great. We we planned it. We planned every single one of them. Yeah. So so ambience is. I mean. It's hard not to know what ambience is. It's pretty much ambience room tone. It's if you just kind of sit in a location, it's kind of just the general, like, sort of the softer sounds, just what it sounds like around you, not specific sounds like a car going by or a plane flying or someone walking, but just how a room sounds are like the natural just kind of mm-hmm. reverberations of everyday sound going on. Yeah. something I, Room tone is absolutely something I use on every single thing I do mm-hmm. uh, in that not even... Sometimes I don't even capture it on site. I just find bits in the dialogue where I recorded for like 10 seconds yeah, too long. Yeah, like a sort of break. And I just yeah. grab that and I just copy and paste it throughout the whole thing in between every like, you know, every pause. gap in dialogue. Yeah. Because um, if you don't, like, you'll, you'll, you notice it when it's not there. Sound, something about sound design is that you notice when it's bad and you have no idea when it's good. Yeah. Because it's, it's just there and your brain doesn't even notice it. But when it's horrible you're like it's it's hard to watch things with bad sound it's very bad sound is almost unforgivable yeah in it, it can ruin a movie um like you could watch star wars and be like oh this stuff looks great and it's like pew pew yeah, and you're like, like what is going on if it sounds like it was recorded in like a bathroom and like everything's reverbing and you know yeah. things like that um and like your mom like yells you something need to in the stop background. playing in the bathroom <laughs> yeah I had a friend who recorded a music album in his bathroom, and it's it's uh depending on the bathroom though. Well, that's true. Like public bathrooms, sometimes they have good acoustics. That's true. Can... I mean, he he literally he, it. I don't know. It might have been his mic that he was using, but it was it was pretty bad. I've actually heard of like singing groups like going to bathrooms of like wherever they're like performing at. They'll uh, go to the bathroom to warm up because it sounds yeah. good. It's uh, I don't. It sounds good when you're in there. I don't know if it's the best place. To yeah, I don't know record. about recording though. It, um, it'll probably be a little too spacey. I mean, that's all room tone is is yeah. very subtle it's the base layer for yeah. everything so if there are no other sounds you at least have like a little bit of something it's not dead silence because mm-hmm. you never want dead silence unless like unless a grenade a blows up choice. and yeah. like someone goes deaf yeah. but usually yeah stylistic yeah. choices absolutely there yeah. are no rules in filmmaking <laughs> no for real there's there a, are but there's not. a bunch of rules but they're all meant to be broken so. yeah after you learn them that's a good thing 
No, yeah, I was watching. Uh, do you ever watch D Four Darius? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I had him on a clip last time. I heard. Yeah, I heard yeah. Him. it was good. I, uh, He's good. I, my uh, fiance is coming with me on a couple shoots, and um, I'm running her through a film school, uh, basically of all of like 40 different YouTube videos. It's oh like, yeah, it's like 10, that's how you it's learn. Like, it's like a 10 hour course basically that I've created through everybody else's work. Your video uh, on camera settings is the is the very first video nice. on the film because I thought that it was the best. I'm getting um, recognition, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was the best because um, I had searched like I found everything else I needed. Um, like I found videos on editing, on um, composition, on coloring, on um, framing. I I found videos on everything i couldn't find a good video on like camera settings and aperture and like aperture iso shutter speed everything that it did yeah. i like even like film riot stuff ryan Connolly talks way too fast he does and yeah. uh, which is fine for me they're a little more yeah they're a little more advanced which is fine for me yeah. but people who have no idea what he's talking about are like i missed 20 like what of the, what do those words mean yeah i have yeah. no idea what any of that means and um that's an awkward video yeah. That was like my second video. It, it was great. It, like you were, you're the only person I've ever seen who puts the two shutter speed videos side by side, so you can actually see the difference. Oh yeah, and that, that windmill's out in the yard right now. Yeah, like that was perfect because that uh, that allowed her to um, actually understand like what the difference was. Every side other video side. I'd seen would cut between the two instead oh, of putting yeah. them side by side, and so that was I the like best. Side by side. That was the best video I've seen to explain those out of like the ten thousand I had to freaking watch nice. to well, try then, and find it. So. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm famous now. <laughs> That's how you become famous. Yeah. YouTube and podcasts. For real. Uh, I mean, it's, there's, there's actually some truth to that. So you mentioned, um, like breaking celery for punches. Yeah. And something that when I was researching the podcast or for this podcast, I was found, I found out, uh, that in fight club, they wanted the, um, punches to sound more organic. Yeah. And so they, um, punches. they tried doing like celery and stuff like that, but they were like, Oh, this sounds too like, do like Hollywood fake Hollywood. stuff. And yeah. so they wanted everything to sound more organic. So they got raw pieces of chicken. They got like big, they, chunk, beaten, they, they got big chunks of, the crap chicken out of chicken and then put pistachios in them, oh. like rolled up pistachios in them and then punched big hunks of chicken. So you like get like the thud them. and yeah. the crunch. And the crunch. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's I like I, fight club. Yeah. That's, the first time I watched fight club was this, last december yeah and it was great i like david fincher i realized that i like david fincher before i knew who david fincher was yeah because i watched the social network and i was like oh man that's a good movie i didn't know why yeah well that was also aaron sorkin's writing too mm-hmm. so that was just a, a great movie but then yeah then i started watching other stuff and i was like david fincher is pretty much awesome what's next how do we segue so music in movies is pretty cool. Oh my right? gosh, music! Oh wow, did I was that the next topic? Oh, let's let's do diegetic, not. Diegetic. Oh okay, yeah, oh, let's do that real do that fast. First. <laughs> we'll we'll just throw it in there just to for reference. Okay, I'm actually I I done forgot which one is which now. Okay, diegetic is from within the world, within non-diegetic. The world. Okay, okay. None of that just happened. We know exactly what we're talking about. Okay, so diegetic. I'm, so I'm a master what? of diegetic and non-diegetic sound. Oh, yeah? No, I'm not at all. You're not? Never even used it. Pretty much. Well, actually, <laughs> this will be a good segue because music can be diegetic and non-diegetic. Music is used probably probably the most. It's most noticeable, anyway, True. Um, of the of sound design whenever you um, use it diegetic and non-diegetically. Yeah. So. so, so far, pretty much all the sound we've covered would be considered diegetic sound because it looks like it or it sounds like it 
comes from inside the world mm-hmm. you're filming in, whatever, wherever that may be, whether it's like just the people in the kitchen or Star Wars out in space. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound like it's a track that you would lay over something that you recorded, mm-hmm. you know. And so diegetic originates from inside the world, like someone, anyone walking, anyone doing any sound, mm-hmm. anyone talking. But then music is probably one of the most things that where you get into non-diegetic, which doesn't originate from the world. Yeah. So it's like you have a film score playing music mm-hmm. over some action that's happening. You know that the music's not like playing, like True. someone's not like sitting there with speakers, like yeah. playing stuff. But then again, if you like have a scene where someone's like out at a, like a club or something like that, and there's a DJ, you know that the music's coming from inside the or world. The cantina band in Star yeah. Wars. It always comes back. <laughs> you can always link anything to Star Wars. Yep. That's how it works. So, there was actually, I forgot what movie it is. I think it was Minority Report. I saw someone use that as an example. I think so. Yeah, that's, I just steal examples from everyone else. Yeah. It was like, they were playing. They did a, they did a screen test or something. Yeah, like the music originally was Mm non-diegetic. So, it was just like a track playing over some people shooting each other and junk like that. And then they actually, I forgot who did it, but they changed it to where it sounded like it was diegetic. Did Spielberg do Minority Report? I have no idea. I've only seen one scene from it because my friend showed me, but I haven't uh-huh. actually seen it. It was basically the scene where he rolls the ball and the guy catches it before yeah. it falls. Yeah. And he's like, well, why'd you catch it? And he's like, because it was going to fall. He's like, but it didn't fall. And it like <laughs> proves the whole point. And it's like, oh my gosh, philosophy and whatnot. But there's also a movie that I don't remember where people are shooting each other up pretty much. And there's a little kid with headphones on yeah. and it's playing somewhere over the rainbow. And it goes from diegetic to like the kids listening to it and then it kind of fades up yeah, to non-diegetic to where it's like a track i think it had tom cruise in it possibly um maybe or something like in uh guardians of the galaxy when peter quill is listening to his oh yeah his listening well, to his headphones yeah, but the tape. audience hears it as well mm-hmm. uh that's a good example i think um also if you have you seen the um, to comedic effect yeah lot, true so. well that movie's those i like those movies because they're they're way more lighthearted than yeah. a lot of other movies that are like, the world's going to end and we're all yeah. going to die. And it's so serious. Like, the same thing's going to happen. Like the world's going to end. We're all going to die, but they're but, having fun while doing it. So. Yeah. Well, let's just, let's go do some stuff, I guess. What was I getting at? Oh, have you seen the, sh- the short like saw before the actual saw franchise came out? How oh, I haven't seen James Wan, it was originally a short in 2003 and it's have you seen the first saw movie yeah with the like head bear trap yeah reverse bear trap thing that's pretty much that scene was basically like the short oh, they the made short. and the guy in the bathroom that doesn't cut off his foot he eventually dies there he's the one that is in the trap right yeah. and it has him like he's being questioned by like the police or whoever and he's pretty much just recounting what happened mm-hmm. and he shows him like getting off work and uh He's like walking on the hallway and there's non-diegetic music playing and then he like pulls his headphones off and it turns into diegetic like it goes down like oh he was listening to it and he pulled his headphones yeah. off so it's not there anymore or it's just really quiet now. Yeah. And that was a pretty it's pretty cool effect. It's I, a it's a good effect cuz you notice it, you don't yeah. notice it until, until it, it until changes, it yeah. yeah. Well, when done correctly, I suppose. With all film stuff. But yeah. But music yeah. is something that uh is very powerful in film. Bam segue. <laughs> these have been pretty good segues for yeah, made up made up segues that one, that one wasn't the best but it's either good. way <laughs> as long as we get to the topic we could just be like let's talk about this now you know what goes hand in hand with sound design Dre? music music does oh my gosh because wow. it's also a form of sound it's an <laughs> it's auditory like this podcast is our podcast diegetic i'd say so 
Yes. Yeah. I'm not and sure. then the sound effects I put in afterwards will be, no, will be non-diegetic, boom. I suppose. So you've but then been, again, I don't know. I feel like you've been experiencing no- diegetic and non-diegetic yeah. sound this whole you know that, time. That intro song that played that I haven't put in yet, but that totally played. Mm-hmm. That, that was that was non-diegetic because I wasn't actually sitting here playing music. So get schooled, sons. What is what is music? Everyone knows what music is. It's not that hard to figure out. If you watched a movie, you've heard music, and chances are it's been pretty good. Especially if you've watched Star Wars. Chances are it's it was John Williams. Yeah, so. John Williams is pretty much like the all around badass of yes. film scoring. Absolutely. Pretty much any major Spielberg movie, yep. like Jurassic Park, uh, Indiana Jones. Every, Schindler's every, List was good. Pretty much every single good movie you've ever watched was scored by John Williams. Yeah. So. That then or you have someone who wants to be John Williams. Yeah. I oh I saw a, no film school had like a little article and it was like thirty free like ebooks on like filmmaking stuff mm-hmm. and there was a small section on uh sound design and or no it's film scoring Mm -hmm. and like one was like a three page just like a little kind of to get you going and rule number one was don't try to be john williams (laughs) i like danny elfman yeah he did nightmare before christmas which is just uh, it's just a fun movie yeah because tim burton's fun i like tim burton too Mm -hmm. he's done tim burton stuff um michael gia got giaccio giaccino whatever his name is he did uh he did rogue one as well and they got him i think they put him on that because um they were like Jesse thinks he sounds the most like Jesse. William, so we should put we should have him score. Who should yeah? So. Who should we get for the song? Well, this this kid from Oklahoma says he's he, pretty. He good. says he's the next John Williams, so we should probably get yeah. Oh, self-proclaimed next John Williams. <laughs> okay, so let's let's just jump into how how does music affect movies and film and mm-hmm. whatnot? Because people don't just put music on a film just because it's fun. Yeah, there's there are reasons for it's it. It's supposed to affect. A lot of the times, the way you feel, yeah, and the, it's usually a lot of the times the director and the composer telling you how you should feel in a certain scene. Also, going back to Star Wars, because I mean, how can you not? I didn't even plan to talk about Star Wars. I didn't either. I figured it would come up maybe like once, yeah, because the music is good. But now that it's on my brain, well, okay, because music there are things called light motifs, yeah, or just motifs, mm-hmm. which is basically like a small little snippet, or like it's just a recurring sort of melody or sound or something like that and uh star wars uses this a lot a bu- yeah john williams so is, much. is a genius in using a, a freaking buttload he, of those. yeah he pretty much basically like he'll make a motif for like mm-hmm. each character or like certain events that are happening yeah. and they get put in different like songs but mm-hmm. they're pretty much like they're just they're the theme of certain things like oh hey it's luke skywalker yeah. oh look the Luke Skywalker theme's playing. Well, the thing I think the theme that's used the most is the Force theme from. Yes, um, it's my favorite theme. It, it is. It's the best one for sure. Well, it's it probably, like it sounds epic when played epically, but it still sounds epic when played, played like really you know, quietly and small. Word. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, who would think a French one sounds cool? It sounds great. Hope <laughs> Carissa listens to this. I do too. No, I, I purposefully was trying to. We'll uh, send her a link. So perfectly, it's it's literally John Williams telling you what's happening in the story because the Force isn't something that can be seen. Yeah. Um, physically, you can see people like moving stuff in the movies. And since and we're like not that. there, we can't feel it. So. Yeah. And so yeah. it's literally whenever you hear the Force theme, yeah. it's literally John Williams telling you like the Force is being used in this moment. So in Episode Seven, whenever 
Kylo Ren has Rey up against the cliff and is telling her like come like literally I'll teach you the yeah, ways like, of the force let's be evil together and like yeah basically uh let's rule the galaxy together as father yeah, and son we can we can no. shoot uh, planets and stuff yeah Shut why up. not let's blow stuff up as father and son oh sorry uh, uh, uh are you how are we related i don't know we don't know <laughs> we don't know yet and uh so that'll be revealed in the next movie hopefully, <laughs> hopefully. unless uh, they just drag it out and you're like why but whenever he's has her on that cliff and uh he just mentions the force and she's like, Oh yeah, that, that, that's a thing that exists. And then it starts playing. And then the theme starts playing. The force theme starts playing and you realize that that's her like channeling the force to help her beat her enemy, which is something that is used in literally every single movie. And like that literally in that scene, when Ben, when, uh, Ben Kenobi tells ghost, ghostly Ben Kenobi tells Luke to use the force, the theme lightly on like a flute is like, Kind of there, like right when he's about to shoot into the Death Star, you yeah. can hear the Force. He, yeah, the force he closes theme. his eyes and he's just yeah. like the Force theme is ever present throughout every time, almost literally every time someone in the movies uses the Force, and it's yeah. a very clever way to um, signify to the audience when like, that song was stuck used. in my head or that theme was stuck mm-hmm. in my head because the first time I actually watched all the Star Wars movies was a year ago, maybe 2015, December 2015. Lucky you. And because I had only really seen like chunks of them when they're mm-hmm. on TV and I was like, oh, this is whatever. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to watch them. And I watched them in the shotgun order. Like uh, you told machete me. Order machete, not shotgun. That's a good one. I watched them in machete order. That's how I had my fiance watch them. Yeah. And I was she like, okay, I'm going to watch these. And after it, I watched all six of them because mm-hmm. it was, I think it was right after the seventh came out. That's yeah. why I wanted to watch them so I could watch number seven. And I watched them all. And then I watched number seven mm-hmm. in the span of like three days. Yeah. And that this whole soundtrack was stuck in my head for like two weeks because yeah. it was I heard it so much. Soundtrack has been stuck in my head for twenty years. Twenty years. <laughs> I watched the movie once, and it's yeah. it hasn't been out. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so George Miller. Uh, George Miller is the director of um, all the Mad Max movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is, does he do, did he do all of them? I don't know. I think. So, yeah, I think so. Most Even recently, the new one. most recently, he did Fury Road, which mm-hmm. is a, uh, in my opinion, the masterclass of filmmaking. It's in. Um, Visually, really good stuff. Visually, uh, story-wise, literally everything about it is um, is it. I mean, it won it won like six or seven Oscars. So, um, but George Miller says that when he watches a movie or when he directs a movie, he wants the movie to be completely communicated to the audience without to be able to be completely communicated to the audience without dialogue. Um, and so he want he That's his good. he says his. Um, purpose is to visually and through music explain what's happening in the story without anybody having to say anything and so he says his ideal way to watch a movie is uh without any sound besides music and the visuals to communicate to him what's happening in the story that's good and that's his marker for a good movie well yeah that's a good way to do it too so especially i mean so you don't just have that's another like bad thing that beginning mm-hmm. people do is like dialogue everywhere. Yeah, exposition and just yeah. It's like yeah, man, I did this in two thousand one when I was mm-hmm. this old. And it's like no, no one cares. No one needs to know that. <laughs> how's that? How's that important? Is this relevant? Uh, yeah, and so um, that speaks a lot to the visuals, but I think it also speaks to the music quite a bit because the music in Fury Road is uh, is incredible. I love it. Dur- I love like the action scenes, how they so. actually have like a dude playing like a bass Dr- with he- fire. That's, that's going uh, everywhere. Yeah. That actually exists in the universe so which is i know i love that so much yeah. i was like they have like war machines and people like killing each other it's and then insane. there's like the uh, like, it's uh, like do they have barge, auditions the, uh, for the person that plays bass <laughs> <laughs> like, who the, wants to do uh, it uh, bard 
the bard barge i think is what it was called uh, so you can't go to war without your drummer boys or true anything like that, so. it's like the yeah the post-apocalyptic like heavy metal yeah drummer boy awesome. um so you know more about the uh practicality of actually like doing music and being able to play an instrument because i haven't i can't play an instrument yeah i got <laughs> i guess technically i do i got my music minor in percussion yeah. so that's a thing mm-hmm. and i mean i think it, i think it works well with my actual degree because it's communication yeah and i didn't really care about my degree when i started it because i didn't really know what it was honestly mm-hmm. and i was like i'll do because communication is the major but they have seven different emphasis areas yeah which is basically a way to just kind of shove a bunch of stuff together mm-hmm. but it actually works out so everyone has like the core same classes your different communication classes but then there's seven emphasis areas like broadcast theater education public relations advertising uh photojournalism and they all kind of tie together yeah because you can take classes from different like areas and they they work out like i have taken photojournalism classes and mm-hmm. it actually helped me way more than like any broadcast class yeah. has as far as like camera usage and like the whole for sure like shutter speed that's where i learned all that crap from mm-hmm. was photojournalism which is awesome and if you practice photography you can actually get way better at cinematography yeah as far as your composition and whatnot which is one good thing i'm happy about but i don't know yeah after doing communication classes the actual core classes i actually kind of like it because it's really interesting to learn how people communicate Mm -hmm. yeah but that's another thing is that uh, two-thirds of all communication is nonverbal, so that actually works into sound design and music because it's not someone talking and saying stuff it's Technically, nonverbal is anything like any action, any symbols, written stuff you can see. But also, when you talk, it's the tone of voice you have. So it's mm-hmm. like if you're being sarcastic versus serious, like it communicates way differently. Yeah. Like even if you say the same exact sentence, like mm-hmm. cutting between two things. Oh, was the cool shove effect. The cool shove, yeah. Yeah, cool shove. Um, cutting between two things, um, like a man. You have a shot of a man. Yeah, just blank and face. You, and you have, and then you have a like he's making no facial expression. Yeah, just neutral. Um, and you have a reverse shot of him looking at like a beautiful woman. Um, you see he's, he's either like lusting or loving yeah, or he, something like he that. Wants, he wants the woman. And then you do the exact same shot, so show it to a different audience. Um, yeah, you have neutral guy's face. And, and you cut he, between him looking at food and then And you're audience, like, oh man, that guy's hungry. And you ask the audience, the first audience, like, oh, he was, you know, lusting after the woman or he was in mm-hmm. love with the woman or whatever. You ask the second audience, like, he was hungry. Like, um, and it's, it seems yeah. pretty simple, but. Um, the, it, the same thing can be achieved with music in that you put different scores over different scenes and it gives the audience a different effect yeah. and tells them That's how to why feel a certain way. Like horror films, I like horror films. They're mm-hmm. great. They're like the metal of the music industry. Yeah. Because like rock and roll and like metal music, there's like yeah. so many like tiny little subgenres. Mm-hmm. but that's how it is with like horror films because yeah. you have like your slasher, like killer guy, and then you're like psychological stuff, which is... But yeah, horror films... They don't really usually have like your happy u- ukulele and piano track. Yeah, for sure. Unless like it's the beginning of the movie and they're just kind of setting up like a gag. But yeah, no. They have music- like your dark, ominous, like piano, like your, uh, what's the theme? Halloween. Yeah. Yeah, music is definitely the cheat sheet to get your audience to feel something. So. Yeah, like you should feel sad. So I'm going to play some sad music. You should definitely try to make your audience feel things through the actors and the storytelling, but. Music is the cheat sheet for yeah. getting them to feel whatever the heck you want them to. So. One movie 
I watched that I was surprised with the lack of music was No Country for Old Men. Yeah, it's really- I like watched it and I didn't notice until I got done watching the movie because I was like into the story so much. And I was like, what's going to happen with this creepy mm-hmm. coconut head looking guy? Yeah. And uh, the credits rolled and I was like, there was like no music in nope. that movie at all. It really like that to that they used the absence of music to really um, drive the tension yeah. in the scene, especially the scene where uh, he goes to is it the like the, the gas, gas station? station? Yeah, I was like, I freaking thought out. I was even like yeah. like the stakes weren't high. It's just a gas yeah. station guy. It's not like a main character like he's gonna die or anything. Like yeah, that. it yeah, was who just cares like about this dude, you know. Yeah, he's just a bystander, I guess, in the world of the movie. Yeah, and uh, I was sitting there and I was like. Just staring at the screen, like, <laughs> what's going to happen? Yeah, it, it's uh, one yeah. of the most tense, season, tense scenes in film, and it's probably because there's, one, the, act, the acting in the scene is so good, and two, because yeah. there's absolutely no music or sound besides, real, really sound besides the dialogue that... Yeah. Um, it's so. kind of like, if you've ever been in like an awkward or tense moment, like yeah. where if like people are arguing, and you're just kind of sitting you know? there, and you're like, what's going to happen? And like people kind of argue, and they'll stop, and yeah. it's just quiet. And you don't know what to do. Yeah, like, exactly. Do I leave? Should I say something? Yeah, it mimics real life yeah. in a really cool way that um, like, the absence of music is telling the audience yeah. how to feel. Music you know? might have been a little bit... It would, probably would have been too much. Like, a lot of, like, big films, if there's, like, tense scenes, it'll be, like, mm-hmm. weird sounds, like, kind of, like, dissonance and junk mm-hmm. like that with, like, maybe some, like, fast, intense music. And you're like, oh, my gosh, like, action's happening. Yeah. But this one was... It was a good way of using no, like, sound or music to... Yeah. cause the tension. So rules are meant to be broken in filmmaking. Yeah. So people can just talk, but you have to know how to do it. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. Let's just wrapping up final thoughts. Let's go. What do we have over the whole everything we talked about? Anything that we left out or you want to say about anything? If your sound design is bad, your movie is bad. That's just pretty much how it goes. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying I can't think of a I'm trying to think of a movie that had bad sound design that I still love. I've always heard that Apocalypse Now has really good sound design. I've never watched design. it. So. Neither have I. So that's why I didn't like <laughs> write it in to talk about it. Um, like even I talked to one of the, they're like three main teachers in like the broadcasting yeah. section. And one of them actually went to film school. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was doing research on for this podcast and he like in the broadcast lab and he saw me and he was like, what are you, oh, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, just doing research for my podcast. And that's what it was about. And I was like, oh, just like filmmaking stuff. And he like sat down and like got excited and was like talking to me. Mm-hmm. And I told him that this episode was about sound design. He was like, apocalypse now. And I was like, <laughs> I've never seen it. I'm sorry. I don't know what to do. He's like, uh, watch it right now. Um, but seriously, visuals are forgivable. True. Uh, you know, you see like a bad shot or uh, something that just doesn't look quite right in, in the image or something like that. It's all forgivable. Um, people don't really tend to notice, you know. Well, you know, like normal people who will actually be watching your stuff. Yeah, not people that are like notice. analyzing not, not filmmakers. Yeah, but um, they will all notice. They'll notice and they'll hate you for it. But the uh, the average Joe, the average Joe will notice sound design. Yeah, bad um, sound design. Really bad sound design. Anyway, um, the goal of sound design is to go completely unnoticed, and uh, it's really a thankless, mm-hmm. thankless uh, job. <laughs> it pretty much is. Like, I didn't realize how much work went into it until you start researching it. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. You but, can make a movie with a tripod and a camera. For sure. But, but if your sound design is good, it'll be great. Yeah. Microphones are pretty much up there. It's like camera, sound, lights, camera, sound. Lights, camera, sound. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, but, you know, don't listen to me because all my sound design is awful. And uh, 
hopefully will be improving soon but yeah um, this is this is why this exists so yep it's a reality check why should i why should i listen to you do you have any good work no but i researched some sound design stuff (laughs) but i know more than you so yeah (laughs) unless unless you're a filmmaker and you happen to listen to this but if you're already a filmmaker you probably should listen to something else okay well thanks for coming jesse yeah no problem thanks for okay thanks for letting me sit here for an hour and babble do this i didn't even think we we're gonna record this long i'll have to i mean i'll cut some stuff out but it's gonna be a super long episode so that's all i have for sound design and music and film a huge thanks goes out to jesse monday for sitting in the cold garage with me and recording this If you want to find more homegrown filmmaking stuff, go over to YouTube. There's weekly videos every Friday. I'm on Twitter, Instagram. Just search for me. Thanks.